welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Loisel, and with me in rare form tonight. Um, Mark Salcedo? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my rare form. Rare form, it means, in white terms, that means you're on one. Okay. <laughs> like, what if I'm on a chair. <laughs> is that is that the one you're talking about? No, like rare form is the white version of on one. Oh, uh, okay. Oh no, no. It's a uh, I believe the black version is uh he's always on or on point. No, on point is definitely not a black thing. Oh, I'm sorry, white woman. White people say it too. Well, it's then it's a sharing thing. Oh, damn. This gl- Have you not heard on one? Yeah, I've heard on one, but we also use on point or like I'm on. Well, I meant like you're like making me laugh, not oh. like on point like, oh. yeah. So what you're saying is I got jokes. Yeah. Okay. See, that's a black term. I got jokes. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hi, <All> right. everyone. <laughs> um, Social media. You know, we've got our Facebook Mm-hmm. Got the Facebook groups, Instagram, Twitter, and our Gmail. It's all the real appeal. And we That's, also have, you know, iTunes that you should review. Uh, yeah, for uh, real, it's R E E L. I thought about it and I was mm-hmm. like, if you're listening to I this. I don't know, but some people are just like, real, okay, I'll download, and then they just don't. Take it any further. <laughs> so. um, yeah, iTunes, review us, please. Mm. There's currently two reviews that we have. Shh. <laughs> I thought there was five. <laughs> Isn't there five? I saw two. I think it's like five one, or something I don't, like I don't that. recognize the one person. Uh, I think it's like five or something like that. But yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> y'all are listening... You know, give us a review on iTunes. Give us a review on Podbean. Tell how much you like the show. Tell how much you hate the show. It's it's a Christmas season. You know, you gotta yes. you gotta give. Don't scrooge it up. Don't scrooge it up. <laughs> <laughs> story. We're gonna do the news like we always do. We're gonna do recent review like we always do. We're gonna do. We watch the Watchmen. This will be the last se- episode that we do it. Yeah, no, it's the last <laughs> season of our We Watch the Watchmen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the last It's the last time we'll probably do it in the segment because supposedly there's no second season. Yeah. Uh, then we're going to do geriatric cinematic like we always do. Mm. But we have a lot to say what, like what, we always do. What uh, What movies are we reviewing? We're doing Uncut Gems for a recent review. We're doing After Hours for our geriatric cinematic mm-hmm. um with that i'm not gonna go to the news yet i got some shit to say um how the beller how the prince beller song goes again your life got flipped turned upside, upside down. down there you go <laughs> uh okay no that didn't happen what happened was um i came up on uh I had a 90-day probation review at my 9 to 5. Um, I hate my 9 to 5. I really don't like my job. I'm actually looking to go, on, go back to school because I hate it so much. I hate that 9 to 5 job. And um, 
I don't want to quit because if I quit, I don't get unemployment. So I'm thinking if I get fired, I'll get unemployment. Uh, always seems to be the case with my previous employment. And uh, so my 90-day probation came up and I thought, fuck, maybe this will be the day I get fired. Now, granted, I don't like really slack off or anything. I'm actually a hard worker. Um, but I was hoping that the uh, the the few, well, being written up for being late a few times and then like taking days off and stuff like that during my 90-day probation would count against me. But no, it didn't. They kept me. They decided like, we're going to keep you for another 90 days. I'm like, all right, that that's great. I didn't tell them I'm going to quit in January, but okay, whatever. <laughs> so I said, fuck it. And I decided to... I'm sorry, let me back up. One of the things that they have an issue with, which is understandable, is that I tend to be on my phone quite a bit. Um, part of my job is actually handling the company's social media accounts. So I actually have to be on my phone at certain times. Um, but my supervisor has caught me texting um, and looking at my emails and stuff like that. He says, like, you got to kind of put the kibosh on that. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's for, sure, it's understandable. Now, when I the reason why I text while I work is I tend to get bored pretty fast. So like while I'm at work and at before I was no longer allowed to text, I would actually work, look at emails, text, do social media. I do, I would do several things at once just to keep myself like constantly entertained. So they're taking my text away. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll find entertainment elsewhere. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so enter Facebook. Now, Here's a little bit of like insider baseball when it comes to uh, working for like a, like an e-commerce company. Um, they need to get attention to the website, so they do like these methods of like getting traffic, getting users, getting likes, or getting whatever. One of them is to create a Facebook page for the company I work for. Now, to own a Facebook a Facebook page, Facebook company page, you got to have a real page, a real person page, but. They don't want to actually use a real person. Mm -hmm. So I had to create a profile. I had to make one up. I said, fine. So I made one up, gave this guy like a backstory and found a picture online that I can use that wasn't copywritten, like all this kind of stuff. And, you know, as a writer, I'm like, cool, I'll have fun just creating this dude's life. Um, so a marketing tactic is to put that persona into a group, let's say car parts like car enthusiasts or something like that. You go in there with that persona and you just act like a regular person talking about car parts. And if someone has like a question, a suggestion, like, hey, I need a steering wheel, a, a, a particular type of steering wheel. And if you work for a car company, you go, oh, I know a car company that would have a great steering wheel. I buy it from them all the time. And mm -hmm. you just kind of throw that link at them and then that's how you kind of like get traffic and stuff like that it's mm -hmm. just, and and no one's was it none none's the wiser i think's the term yeah so i started <laughs> jesus christ i started joining these groups and to keep myself entertained i have now decided to just kind of interact with these people in a really ridiculous way uh one person said they had something for sale and i uh answered that listing and I asked them if they can sell me the used shoe that's in the picture, like if I had a shoe fetish. And the lady was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so, you know, kind of fucking around with it and everything. And then I stumbled upon this group. 
Oh boy. Uh, I think I might have stumbled into the dark corners of Facebook. There's a group out there called Friends Group. Um, it's like a Southeast Asian group, a base group, like India, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, it, I was just curious because the, the uh, picture for the group was like two girls. And I'm thinking like, oh, maybe this is like some type of like celebrity, you know, some celebrity duo like uh, the Olsen twins, right? Yeah. You know, the Pakistani version of the Olsen twins. I'm like, okay, I'll join the group. I'll see, I'll see how much fun I can get in this one. <laughs> so I joined the group. Uh-huh. And uh, Did they ask you any questions before you could join? Actually, you know what? A lot of these groups, they do ask questions, but they're like the simplest questions like, do you promise not to spam? Do you promise to be courteous? Do you promise not uh, to disrespect other people's opinion? This stuff like that, you know? Have you? And some, some of them are as simple as, type in ABC. And I'm like, all right, ABC. All right, I'm in the group. <laughs> it's just that simple. But this group, they just, I... I sent in a request. I got added. And I start scrolling through this group. And I'm noticing it's these pictures. And pictures of, like, young girls. Like, I don't know, maybe no older than 18? Maybe no older than 17? Mm -hmm. And they're, like, pictures, like, some of them are, like, selfies. And there's, like, no contacts. They're just like pictures, like girls taking a picture of themselves, like a, it's like a selfie picture. And I'm like, oh, okay, what the fuck is this? And then as I'm scrolling further, I notice these girls are dressed kind of provocative. Uh-huh. And they look like to be in a hotel. Oh, no. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? And as I'm going through, I'm like looking at the comments. And it's like these dudes who were like, obviously, I don't know mid to late 20s actually the ages range from like late 20s to maybe like early 40s and they're like hey cutie oh you're so hot oh my love blah 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 blah." and it's like oh my god did i just come across some fucking like mail order bride kind of fucking ring or some shit Mm -hmm. and so i i I just i started thinking about this and it's i don't know it comes off as the group really comes off like okay I, like like they're almost advertising these women to yeah. sell mm-hmm. and i don't know how it works or anything i'm kind of tempted to go deeper and to find out like what the fuck is going on and the thing about it is like my profile mostly most of these people with this profiles they're they look like they're from overseas and stuff like that and my profile looks like a uh like a Vietnamese guy my my profile is like a Vietnamese guy i think or something like that so maybe they think like oh this guy's maybe this guy's cool yeah you know? Because I'm sure if they saw if it was my picture, well, I kind of look at like it, but if they show if they had a picture of me, they would think like, oh, this dude's probably Indian or something like that. I've been mistaken for being Indian or Pakistani because of my beard and my hair and everything. But I'm not gonna put my fucking face on that profile at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like it's creepy and like it looks like pictures that that these girls didn't post themselves. That like these pictures were like hacked or stolen. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's not the same two girls? No, it's different girls. It is a different girl the further you scroll up. And like I said, they are dressing like in skin-tight clothes or like the shirt's kind of down, down. So I don't know if it's like the design of the shirt, but it looks like they're, they're just hanging out of their shirt, but like in a bra and everything. Mm-hmm. 
and they have like all these extra, they have all this makeup on and these girls they don't look more than like more than 18 years old mm-hmm. and i'm totally creeped out by this like i want to no lie i want to actually dig deeper and find out what the fuck's going on to like i don't know maybe find some stingers i don't to, I, to do something to report on it or something like that but i i one i don't want to put up on my fucking on my own computer mm-hmm. i've actually looked like through my phone i can't find the group um and i can't look at it at work because people are gonna be like what are you looking at yeah so now i'm kind of like <laughs> now i'm like i don't know what to do holy shit i mean just report it and move on yeah I mean, if you dig yourself i know right i feel like i feel like i'm i'm turning into like a plot from some from some because you're totally from, gonna get blamed for that for what for i know watch they fire me and they find that group that i joined you missed the joke wait i don't wait repeat the joke you're gonna get blamed for it too oh i totally get the joke <laughs> We'll get further into that in our geriatric cinematic. Yeah, that's totally true. I'm going to get blamed for this. Oh, that was a great fucking. Sorry about that, folks. That was a great line, man. Anyway. Yeah. Kind of weird out by that stuff. I haven't. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to look at it. To, did I look at it? today? I think I might have. No, I think I looked at it on Friday or something. Mm. But um, I haven't looked at it today. It's totally weird. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened to me. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I, speaking of social media, there was a a video of this girl who sang a song that her father or her grandfather wrote after he was in the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. Like, she sang the song. She found it, and she sang it and recorded it for him, and, like, it brought him to tears and everything. Oh, okay. It was a really cute video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's lighten up the mood. (laughs) Well... Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> what happened? At the end of the video, mm-hmm. she leans over to okay. give her grandpa like a hug and a kiss. Like, you know, like, you know. Yeah. You don't have to cry. It's okay. Oh, you're wait, so hold on, sweet. Hold on, hold on. Let me guess. He's dead. No. Oh, okay. Go on. He's I, sitting in the chair dead, crying and listening. Well, like, you know, he's crying. He's like, oh, my God. And then, like, when she's done, she doesn't notice that he died. <laughs> No. <laughs> so her big butt fills up the whole screen after oh. she like because the person's still recording while okay. she like leaned over to give him a hug and a kiss you know uh-huh. and there's me like oh let me get into the comment section and oh, see oh my god <laughs> let me guess the filth a face. The filth, the filth of the internet. There was only one person that I found. Everyone else was like, oh, that's such a sweet video. But there's this one guy like, I like that treat at the end. And then posts a screenshot of her butt. And then with like a fucking drooly face or like, no, like a, like a smirking face. What the fuck? It pissed me off. Like normally I'm like, whatever about people's comments. But yeah, I'm like, but that, come on. Come on, like. She's doing this for her grandpa, and you're going to be a fucking horn dog, right? So, so p- people calling him out on that, right? No. Nobody called? Really? No, seriously. There was only, like, three comments, and I guess, like, they kind of agreed with him, but they weren't really getting into it. Whoa. They right? kind of agreed. Whoa. They, okay. they were, like, agreeing, but they weren't, like... It doesn't even... It doesn't they even... weren't even, like, really stating their opinion. They are just like, yeah, you know, you're... That's you're right or whatever. It was it was really weird. Ugh. 
And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to see if I can get him reported. <laughs> you reported him? I reported him. <laughs> and they came back real fast and said, this doesn't violate our of course terms. Not. No, of course not. This dude's like a total, I mean, what the fuck, man? Like, I, I, I mean, there, there, are, there are moments to appreciate the curvatures of a, of a woman. There are pages for that. There are pages on it, you know. Brazzers.com, bangbros.com, naughtyamerica.com. No, I meant you know, on reality. Facebook they have pages. Oh, yeah, they it. actually have. I, I won't even tempt that shit. <laughs> Yo, mo, like, most of my timeline is filled with, like, news or, like, film news or, like, Cats. Cats, yes. <laughs> like, that's it. I have cats on mine, too. And, like, that's it. I mean, you don't see me like, oh, let me join this dirty-ass girl. Mm-hmm. No. Gross. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, that's our rump down the filthness of Facebook. Yeah, the filthness. The filthness. Filthiness of Facebook. <laughs> I guess we should get into the news so you can get away from fucking Facebook right now. Yes, for now. Uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger... He is trying to meet with Martin Scorsese. I think that's funny. After Scorsese was like talking to all this mad shit. Yeah, and Bob Iger actually did take some offense to it and was mm. actually pretty harsh about like, that's kind of fucked up because you're basically shitting on other people's idea of what art is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but apparently, he, um, he really wants to meet up with Martin Scorsese, and they're actually like it's mutual. They both want to, and they're they're looking to meet up soon, like they're going to. I wonder what. I mean, well, Iger Iger's like the head of Disney. I mean, there are there are. I mean, Disney owns Fox now, so there are tons of property that they can pass off to Iger, or even like Scorsese could come with an idea and. Um, come up with something like another like you know like the irishman he went to netflix that was like a passion project of his mm. and he finally got that made so i mean i wouldn't put it past i wouldn't put it past Iger and scorsese coming together to create something um he has made a type of whimsical story with uh, uh hugo that came up maybe 10 years ago that was actually really good mm-hmm. so i i can see something like that but i i i, I do think it's funny that like and <laughs> scorsese's talking all this shit and Iger's like hey just come on sit down well, come on let's do something since uh, Iger actually had said if Marty Scorsese wants to be in the business of taking artistic risk, all power to him, it doesn't mean that you know what we're doing isn't art. And then he even got more upset. Um, and he's like, I'm puzzled by it. Uh, he said of what Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola had to say. Um, if they want to bitch about movies, it's certainly their right. I don't know. It seems so disrespectful to the people who work on these films. Yeah, that's so. Like he was pretty like pissed off about it. Yeah, that was that was during the whole like Scorsese calling Marvel movies. Yeah, Marvels aren't aren't they're not film. They're not film. They're not cinema. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now he's like, okay. Now it's like November. I don't know. Maybe it's the holiday season. Time for forgiveness and fucking Mm -hmm. being nice and everything and he's like let's make money well he was on bbc radio 4 and he's like um i'd like to have a glass of wine with him i like martin scorsese (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm looking forward to talking with him ta-da so I like that's it well i mean i mean to to put a sample you know he wants to meet him because money 
Like, that's it. The Irishman did really well, and it's fucking Martin Scorsese and money. <laughs> I think he's, I don't know, I think he's, it's probably the money too, but I mean, when you're not making movies, mm-hmm. you, it's like when I got mad about Jimmy John's and I didn't eat there for like at least a year and a half. Okay. Um, because of the controversy of the owner of the chain. Uh, what what was the controversy? He's a big game hunter. Oh, uh, okay. So he will go after like endangered species and shit. Uh-huh. And then the uh, a picture surfaced where he had killed a shark, like okay. an endangered shark. Okay. And he was laying on it fucking naked in the picture. Oh yeah, I remember seeing that picture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and so like he he kills elephants and all kinds of shit. So. Oh, yeah. Now I eat there again because it's been like a while and I'm like, no one else cares anymore, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, he's like, whatever. Um, and he must have, but I mean, it was a pretty quick turnaround for him, but he doesn't make the movies, right? So he's mad and then it died down and now he's like, oh, I like Martin Scorsese. Let me have some wine with him. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, feelings aside, it's. I mean, it's business. It's business. The money's to be made. Scorsese, Scorsese is popping again. Um, no matter what he's saying or what he's directing, he's still popping. Um, Scorsese has been producing a lot of content, uh, mm. a lot of like TV shows and everything like that. Like uh, there was a oh, like for example, um, Uncut Gems. Scorsese's name is on it as executive producer. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if he Scorsese, if Scorsese doesn't make a film, he'll just produce one. Um, but like Iger is seeing this as a possibility. Maybe maybe he's always wanted to work with Scorsese. And now that Disney is now getting into the market of making films that aren't necessarily kid friendly or happy go lucky, maybe he's like, Well, this is the opportunity to work with to work to work with the director. Yeah. I mean that's just how that's how I'm viewing it, you know. Uh, my, and, uh, and, and then, you know, he can't work with Kubrick. He can't work with um uh, like Fellini or anyone. Oh yeah, dead. yeah, yeah. The classic. A lot of the a lot of the old guard classic directors are dead, and even some of the old directors can't really make a hit. Like when was the last time uh, Coppola had a hit? When's the last time Clint Eastwood had a hit? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that, uh, <laughs> and later in the news, Clint Eastwood is. I can't think of. I can't remember what Eastwood's last movie, but he's a comparable director. I'm just surprised. No, he is, but I, it's just like one of those things where I think, you know, he's getting old. Yeah, you know they're like all- yeah. Martin Martin Scorsese is old too, but like age affects everyone differently at different times. So yeah, and you're able, especially if you're like someone like Scorsese, you're able to like adapt or you've honed your skill and your your type of filmmaking so well that people are like, cool, I want to see a Scorsese film because I know what he's got. Mm-hmm. You know, with Eastwood, you know what he'd get, but like you can't really think of anything that's really stand out of Eastwood. Scorsese, mm-hmm. you think of Scorsese, you might think of like gangster films or you might think of like provocative films. But Eastwood's just like... Family uh, films. Family films or like, oh, here's Million Dollar Baby or, you know, like old man stories or something like that. And people yeah. are just kind of like, all right, okay, thanks. Get off my lawn. <laughs> um, so what else happened in the news? So we're done talking about uh, Eastwood? Because that was the next story. That was the next story? Yeah. Well, it looks like the next story was Queen Slim, but okay, never mind. Um, so yeah, what happened, speaking of Eastwood, <laughs> 
So Eastwood had this movie come out called Richard Jewell. Um, for those who don't know, Richard Jewell was the was a security guard who found the um, who found the 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 explosive device at the '96 Summer Olympics in Atlanta. Now, since he was the only one who found the bomb, um, there was this kind of media storm. And he fit up certain profiles. So he, so the media actually kind of attacked this guy and thought that maybe he was a possibility. That he actually placed the bomb himself. He even got questioned by the FBI. Well, Clint Eastwood decided to make a movie about it. And uh, there's a bit of controversy going around it because one of the characters, uh, Katie, oh, Kathy Scruggs, uh, who passed away quite a while ago, um, and she's played by Olivia Wilde, um, in the movie, they imply that she got her stories, especially uh, this particular story, information on it, by sleeping with an FBI agent. Hmm. Now, um, for those who don't really know the code of conduct when it comes to journalism, you do that, you are, that's it, your career's dead. Like, mm-hmm. if you're doing favors like that, like, there are times where, like, they might do a little favor, maybe get somebody basketball tickets to get a certain story out or something like that. But that's just kind of like, you know, what's it called? Uh, pay for play or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, like, they're soliciting themselves to get a story, that's like a big fucking no-no. You can be, I don't know if you'll be blacklisted, but publications won't touch you. Yeah. So this movie implies that that's what she did. And the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uh, objected, objected this and was just like, hey, Warner Bros., you need to apologize for the, the shit that you did. And what's fucked up is this woman, Kathy Scruggs, um, from what I heard, she did have kind of a crazy life. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe she actually died from a drug overdose. Oh, wow. And the fact that like they're attacking this person, they're, they're implying that this happened and this woman is dead. Mm-hmm. She can't really speak up for herself. Right. Now, I'm all for about not censoring film, especially if a story needs to be tell, told. Mm-hmm. But really, you have to like do this just to kind of get that story, like just to kind of for your story. You could have gone around in a different way. You know what sucks is that Olivia Wilde is totally sticking up for this role, too. She's just like, no, I really don't think that this is how it was portrayed and all this. Um. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, I was looking for her because I didn't actually put her quote in the notes. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So I'll go on. Um. So uh, on Sunday, Warner Bros. put the film's tally at an estimated five million dollars, but lowered it to a, mo- a Monday morning. This actually goes in line with um. That's a bit of information that the film actually essentially just bombed at the box office and. Some people are speculating that Warner Brothers is actually sticking up for themselves. They're like, no, no, we're going to stick with this, with the story. And they're hoping that this will actually drudge up some interest into the movie so it can boost up their numbers. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't even really remember that much of the promotion for Richard Jewell. The story is interesting. Um, Yeah, I didn't hear. I think I might have seen a trailer for it once. mm Mm-hmm. But there was not really a media thing for it. Yeah, plus like the the people who are in the who are in this movie, um, 
they're like they're actors they're actors and actresses that I really like to watch. Like for example, you know, John Hamm's in it, um, Sam Rockwell, uh, Paul Walter Hauser, who is in I Tanya. Mm. Four steps ahead. <laughs> uh Kelsen, I really like that guy. Like his acting's kind of funny. We can really like get behind him, but I don't know, like if it's not good, then it's not good. I haven't really heard of the reviews about it. Probably because no one even knows it exists. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's. It, 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 I think Warner Brothers has taken the opportunity to try to get money. We try to get more money out of this. Who made Green Book? Oh fuck me! I know it was the. I know it was Peter Fairley. Um, no, but what company? Um. Jesus Christ. Um, because this is what this is what Wild, uh, Olivia Wilde said on Twitter. She said, contrary to a swath of recent headlines, I do not believe that Kathy traded sex for tips. And she, like, quoted that. Okay. Like, she said, nothing in my research su- suggested she did so, and it was never my intention to suggest she had. Mm-hmm. There would be an appalling and misogynistic dismissal of the difficult work she did. Um, and she said... She had no control over the filmmakers. For me, that means they did the same shit to her then that the makers of Green Book did to like Marshall Ali or oh, I got you know, you. like because yeah. you know how the actors don't really always get the full picture of the role that they're playing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I know, I know, Marshall Ali like vehemently, he didn't vehemently deny. He he profusely apologized to to the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the character that he played as, um, that's the Green Book was done by Universal Pictures. Oh. To answer your question, um, but like I said, this this is <laughs> it's not new. Yeah, it's not it's not new. What's that term? Um, there's no such thing as bad news or something like that. Bad news is always good news. Some some term like that. I forgot what it. Anyway, I'm talking my head off. <laughs> 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 anyway, yeah. So that's some bullshit. That's some big bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kelsey has some more bullshit to tell you guys I do. about. I have more bullshit. Uh, Queen and Slim, which of course we loved. Yeah, we talked about about and last week our regular episode. Who who's our friend that doesn't love it as much as we do? James, that James guy. I don't think it was James. Was it Jacob? That's about the guy we we're talking about on Facebook, right? Oh, you know, dude. So I, oh, it was it was James? Yeah, it's like James, like Lind Lindfall or Lind Lindoff. Lindoff, thank Lindorf. No, it was. You know what? It was uh, David Lindelof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You know what, James? Your last name is escaping me, dude. If you're listening, but yeah, yeah, we we heard your opinion. I, I that's your opinion. That that's just like your opinion, man. No, no, I gotta respect his opinion because his opinion was valid. He actually had like no, I liked it because he he definitely the, this this is the thing what we want, right? Mm-hmm. Someone came to us and said, "Hey, I listened to your podcast." Yeah. Based on what your guys' opinion and opinion is of the film, this is the number that I would rate it at if I was gonna bounce it off of your number because I thought it was a good film, but I did not love it the way you guys do. Yeah, he gave like valid points, and we're just like, yeah, dude, we gotta respect that. Like, we want more of that, so yeah. I'm not saying anything bad. So don't take it that way. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm just saying, you know, we've we have to talk about Queen and Slim because we. Love Queen and Slim, mm. and we love Melina Matsukas, mm. and we love Lena. Last name that starts with a W. Lena Wave. Yeah, I don't know how to say it. Okay, if that's the right way or not. <laughs> yeah, Lena Wave. Okay. Um, 
And apparently Melina Matsukas didn't even, um, shouldn't even set her alarm for the Golden Globes announcements because she feels like people didn't even come see her film. Like Even never, though she gave them multiple opportunities to do so, like people in the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't because Queen said was not nominated like at all. Yeah. At, for a Golden Globe. For anything. Yeah. Not even for like acting. Like Jesus, come on, that acting was phenomenal. Yeah. So she didn't. Uh, she didn't even set her phone her alarm because she's like, I'm not surprised. You know, it's not. It's, I'm not going to get anything. Mm. Um, she was already warned by members of her team um, that had membership of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Mm. It has about 90 international journalists who all who vote on the Golden Globes. And I think she had three screenings, and even one of the screenings only reportedly had four people show up to it, and that's it. Yeah, she um, she's quoted as saying to Variety, we held three screenings for uh, HFPA and almost no members attended. For me, it's reflective of their voting body. It's not reflective of society in which we live in, live in or the industry as it stands today. They don't value the stories that represent all of us, and those stories are so often disregard, disregarded and discredited as are their filmmakers. Yeah. This girl's got... I'm sorry, this... This woman, this very talented director, she has a future in Hollywood. Um, I'm, I mean, as history has shown, and there are ways. I mean, Hollywood is trying to change now with giving more, uh, more opportunities to like minorities and to women stuff like that. But it's still an uphill battle. She comes. She. It seems like her talent is not going to be as valued, and we probably won't be seeing another film from her for at least at least a. I don't know, I'll say three to five years, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I guess there were sources who told Variety that Universal Pictures mm. tried to cajole the members of the Hollywood Foreign Press into seeing Queen and Slim. But after three different screenings, only a few voters had attended. Um, and that And that was it. It was... Maybe like four people. That's fucked up. There is a quote that I'm looking for in this. Um, not okay. So the HFPA came back and said that just because people didn't show up to your films doesn't mean they didn't watch it because there are screeners, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're basically trying to like. Try to say, like, oh, no, they saw it. They just didn't go to the screenings. They just didn't like your movie. It's a bad movie. I don't think... They probably are trying to say that. I mean, they're trying to sugarcoat it or, you know, try to find, like, ways to get out of it. But, um... That's some bullshit, man. Some goddamn bullshit. She also said that she was warned by three different people that she may be harassed or spoken to in an inappropriate way, which she was, she said. Jesus, like what at at a screening or by the uh, or someone from the uh, HPFA? Uh, the at a HFPA fundraiser. Wow! Before she'd finished the final cut of her movie, um, she was warned that she was going to get talked to a certain way before she went to the event. Uh huh. And she was talked to a certain way. She said, um, the member who she didn't name obviously because she has fucking class. 
approached her with a movie idea and and she said um and they used a very archaic term in the pitch and i found it quite offensive and disrespectful to me as a woman of color so that's not looking bullshit man god damn it <laughs> well I, you know what that's hollywood we should make a. We should get some type of like soundboard for be like that's Hollywood. Well, I'm just sitting here thinking like, wasn't it only a hundred years ago that women got the right to vote? Wasn't it less I don't than even, that? I don't even think we've hit a hundred years yet. Yeah, it was a little less than that. And you'd think by now everything would be a little more settled. <laughs> Yo, nah. I mean, they they just barely pass a law. I can't remember in what state, but what state or what city, but they just barely passed a law that said you can't fire a black woman because of her hair now. Yeah. They just like, yo, we got to make, they got to make laws so you don't get fired for just having our fucking natural hair. That is some fucked up shit. Yeah. Well, that should have been covered already uh, under that, uh, the federal anti-discriminatory law. Nope. nope Cause there, there would still be jobs of people just, or uh, stories of women getting, fired because they let their natural hair grow like what's her name um gabrielle union from uh-huh. america's got talent she said she was she said she was one of the complaints that uh members of the of the studio had said was that they had said that her hair was too black she had her natural hair out and they were like hers too black okay and they wanted her to like to cool it off that like what a what you know what it is what they're just jealous that they couldn't look as good as her with her <sighs> natural fucking hair. Yeah, that girl's fine. My God. <laughs> I can appreciate I, I a woman's mean, I get jealous hair. too sometimes. I'm not going to lie, but I don't hate on people. You can grow for a while. You can do No, I cannot. I can't. My hair is too fucking soft and not curly uh-huh. and fucking no. No? I have thick hair, but it is not. That looks funny. Yes, it would. <laughs> they look funny. Come on, you should do it so I can laugh. No. <laughs> nah, I was just joking. All right. Is that it for her news? I think we were tired of hearing some, some downer shit. <laughs> I don't know. We're laughing pretty good right now. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, um, let's get into our recent review of Uncut Gems. How you doing, Holly? How's it going? Good Pesach, Alan. All right, Larry, you're a Jew again. Welcome back. I made a crazy risk to gamble. And it's about to pay off. So I want the Celtics to cover. I want the Celtics halftime. I want Garnett points and rebounds. What do you know? I don't know. I just know. Well, I'll tell you what I know. That's the dumbest fucking bet I ever heard of. I disagree. I disagree, Gary. All right. I can't wait to talk about this. Mm. But let's, for let's a very particular reason. All right, but let's go down. Let's let's give them a little I, bit I of will. information. Don't rush me, bro. Uh, bro, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the synopsis is a charismatic New York City jeweler always on the lookout for the next big score, makes a series of high-stakes bets that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime. Mm. Howard must perform a precarious, high-wire act, balancing business, family, and encroaching adversaries on all sides in his relentless pursuit of the ultimate win. 
Also, don't forget about his side chick. Well, we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, directed by Benny Safdie and Josh Safdie. They are known for Good Time. Uh, it's written by Ronald Bronstein and the Safdie brothers. Also, uh, Ronald also worked with them on Good Time. That came out in 2017. Yeah, that's a... That's so they're what, fairly new in the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Their, their story is actually kind of interesting, but please continue. Uh, stars Adam Sandler is Howard Ratner. Julia Fox is Julia. Julia is Julia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Weeknd plays The Weeknd. Which I don't, I don't understand why he's top bill. He's in the movie for like... Uh, uh, we'll talk about it. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, Adina Menzel as Dinah. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield as Damani and Eric Bogosian as Arno. Mm. Okay. Yes. What did you think of this movie? Whoa. Woo. First of all, first of all, first of all. Um, did you even breathe <laughs> at all for okay. the whole time? Uh, I don't. I don't remember what episode it was, but we talked about. I talked. I had highly recommended Good Time. Um, their first film, and it started Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Is oh, it Pattinson? Pattinson. Pattinson, thank you. Pattinson. Um, this is, that's a movie that, like, if you doubt his acting ability, and you, if you're, like, if you're just, like, Twilight guy, get that out of your fucking head and watch this movie. Mm-hmm. That and The Lighthouse. I heard The Lighthouse is amazing as well. I know. I want to watch that. Um, so, but that movie is, like, very tense. It's very, like, heart-raising, knuckle, white-knuckling. Uh, because of just like the fact that this dude's world can fall apart. They do the same thing in this one, but they kind of put it on a bigger scale mm-hmm. and they have more people involved um, with the main character. Um, this movie is very nerve wracking. I remember you and I sitting down watching this movie and you, I don't. I don't know if you saw how visibly disturbed I was. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> you weren't like, even sitting back for half of it. You were on the edge of your seat, literally. Yeah, I'm like literally, and I'm with ra- like your hand up to your chin, like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and I'm rarely like that. I'm not really like either sit back or I'm kind of like you know just pondering the film. This one, I'm like on the edge of my seat. You're grabbing my arm, like. I know, and, I, and I'm like whispering to you, like I fucking hate this boy because it's like it just it's ugh, I'm just I felt so uncomfortable watching it because I'm just thinking like oh my god this dude can just like fuck up everything at, at the drop if, if one thing goes wrong it's like that's the that's it that's over like when they say uh, in the description was it precarious. High ride, high wire act. Mm-hmm. That doesn't even do, do it justice. No. That's also, like a, they called him charismatic, and I thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah, I know. I was like, well, he's uh, well, charismatic. Okay. Well, kind of. He kind of was able to convince everybody to do whatever, he, what he, what he wanted them to do. I think of charisma as charming, not as really good at talking so fast that you confuse everybody out of whatever they're thinking, so you get what you want. Charismatic. That's not charismatic. <laughs> I see that as char- I see it as a trait of being. Charismatic. Okay. I mean, what does charming do? Charming, you like? That. That's not charming, though. That's. That's why he's not charming. Confusing. Charis- I don't. Uh, mm, I don't he, agree with that. He's shouting. Yeah. Well. Okay. 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 Let's let's not get into like semantics. Let's let's focus on the movie. <laughs> uh, these are like our many conversations. We'll like fucking what's the word? Veer off. We'll veer off. 
in our yeah. many conversations. But anyway, yeah, um, the movie's phenomenal. Um, Adam Sandler's getting a, a lot of high praise for his acting. Fully agree with it. I always thought Adam Sandler is a good... I think he could be a great actor when he's given the right material. Mm-hmm. Case in point, Punch Drunk Glove is a really good film. I think P- Punch Drunk Love might have given him a little bit of the bug of, okay, I think I'm going to be a little bit more choosy with the stuff I I want to do now. Mm-hmm. Because now he's doing this role, and, and I think he's maybe getting some self-esteem and some credit for his acting ability and i think he's like oh i actually could act i don't have to be the funny guy yeah and he's like known for having like these really 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 bad movies like like pixel and like um what's the fuck that billy matt well billy matt is kind of funny but his his old movies are very bro doggish but like he makes some really bad fucking movies Hmm. but this one he's he's wasn't there one like called rewind or something like that where he had like a remote and he could fast forward through time i don't remember that movie i heard that was bad as well anyway it was bad yeah it's bad uh but yeah the direction the direction by the how do you pronounce their name Sadif Brothers? Safty. Safty Brothers, thank you. The direction by the Safty Brothers is fucking amazing. They do a lot of it's weird because it's it's shot very raw. Like you can swear like they shot only on a 35mm camera. They made you feel like you were in the room. Yeah, and like it's chaotic. Like it's the the camera movement is chaotic, but it brings you into like how chaotic this guy's world is. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really cool shots of him like walking, but like uh, the shot is like of is behind of Adam Sandler, but like the crowd around him is blurry, mm-hmm. and it's like he's in his own world right now, and he's like strutting like he knows his shit. Even when other people are talking to him, sometimes he's in his own world. Yeah, it's called Click. That's the name of that movie. Oh, the yeah. movie Click. Okay, sorry, go on. <laughs> Even other people are talking to him, and he's in his own world. Like he's thinking about the next thing he's gonna do, and people are like, Howard, Howard, and he doesn't even hear them. They're like, I'm leaving. Yeah. Like I'm not my- going to work with you anymore. And he's yeah. like... Yeah, and he's already like working. He's, his brain is already somewhere else. Mm. Like, I need to get this money. How am I going to get this money? That, that reminds me of somebody. Who? You. I'm but not with point. money, but with writing. Like, I'm oh on- my God, I had an idea. And I'm like, don't you remember you said we were going to do this one thing right now? And you're like, oh my God, this idea. And I'm like... <laughs> No, I still have that other idea. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just compartmentalizing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but what did you think about this? What did you think about Uncut Gems? Okay. I remember telling you mm-hmm. how I'm going to make an analogy. Okay. If, if you're going to be a chef worth your weight in anything, mm-hmm. worth, worth your salt in anything, with your, whatever you want to call it, whatever fucking phrase you want to use, if you're a good chef. Okay. You're able to taste things that you don't necessarily like. Okay. And be able to tell if it's cooked well or not. Yeah, that's something that, that they taught you in, in, um, when you were getting into bakery, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say mm-hmm. that I couldn't personally relate to this film. Okay. So I don't have the love for it that you do. mm but it wasn't a bad film. Like, I know it was a good film. Yeah. It was a great film. Everyone should watch it. I just, I have to relate to the stuff that yeah. I'm watching. That's understandable. Like, yeah. and it's weird because, like, if we're going to talk about Queen and Slim, I don't, 
I think they're relatable as people, I guess, even yeah. though, like, obviously I'm not black. I don't understand that struggle. Yeah, but you can understand, in Queen of Summer, you can understand, like, their love and then, like, the trials and tribulations that they go to mm-hmm. to keep them, to preserve their life. You can understand that. Right. Okay. So, for me, even though it's clearly an addiction that he has, and I understand addiction. And Uncut Gems, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't understand like his purpose or his call, like why he keeps doing this. Yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, I like I, I can understand it in theory, right? Like, yeah. I, you can understand stuff in theory, but I just I can't connect to it. That's understandable. Yeah, because you haven't like you haven't really lived, you haven't really experienced that life that that he has experienced, or somewhat familiar with that life experience. Um, I'm not saying like you have to be like a jeweler or have like a gambling problem or even have. Um, some like kind of constant well maybe like a constant adrenaline rush would might or sorry the need for that constant adrenaline rush might be helpful i mean you know people are different but you can at least you can at least appreciate the art within the film or what the story is trying to tell right. okay all right i can understand why his acting is so great because i've seen him in other things so i can kind of get a baseline of mm-hmm. how he would be from one film to the next. Yeah. And I think he's surpassed anything I've ever seen him in. Yeah. He's not the same goofy guy. He's weird. Yeah. But he's not, like, goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's... I think he even changed the way he walked. Mm. I think they put prosthetic teeth on him. That had to be prosthetic teeth, because I don't think it's even really like that. And his mouth moved different, like his jaw. Uh-huh. The only person I know of who can move their jaw like that is my dad. Yes. It was distracting for me, actually. Yeah, he probably like followed your dad around. Because my dad has really straight teeth. Mm. And then he had, and they're not as, like, I, I felt like Adam Sandler's teeth were kind of round. Yeah. Um, But his aren't round like that. But, oh, okay. Um. But he moves his jaw like he's working his jaw all the time, like especially when yeah. he thinks. Yeah, there's like this really great shot of him um, in a club. We're not gonna really spoil it, but like he's a he's in a club and he does his thing where he's thinking about something because he sees something that he doesn't want to see, and he's like moving his jaw a certain way. Yeah, and you can really... see his teeth and like he's moving his jaw from side to side and like front and back and yeah. like it's it's very like it's like a tick. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so uh, I think we should we probably should jump in the spoilers because we want to really, you know, sink our straight, curvy, somewhat teeth. <laughs> into yeah, they're this. somewhat teeth. Yeah. They're kind of teeth, but not really teeth. Yeah, into this uncut gem, right? Yeah, so uh, do the spoiler bumper. I don't even know where to begin with this one because <laughs> even though I'm not in love with it, there's really a lot to cover, right? Yeah. Um, I kind of want to go straight to. There's he almost has like a false start, right? What do you mean? Remember he gambled one time and he would have won. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, 
when the the first like what fifteen minutes he's like collecting the money for that that one gamble. Yeah, yeah, well, he's gonna collect it, and then the guy fucking canceled his bet on that him. Is so I know his his who we later find out is his brother in law Arno, mm-hmm. like canceled the bet, and and I this this is why this is why I like I really like this character because any other. I don't know. I feel like any other person, any other character would have kind of been like, oh, shit, you canceled the bet. No, he would just like, even though Adam Sandler's like in the car between these two goons who are like pinning him down, mm-hmm. he was like, you canceled the bet. You fucking idiot. You canceled the bet. You screwed us. Like he's talking shit to this dude that he owes money to. This dude's Yeah, probably- exactly. Yeah. He's like being physically harassed by these guys in the back seat as he's like talking shit. Yeah. And to the point where his brother-in-law, you don't even know at this point that he's even his brother-in-law yet. Yeah, I actually like that, like, when they have that reveal, they don't make a big deal about it. You're just kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're like, he's at their family gathering. That's weird. Oh, that's his brother-in-law. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this like, oh, this makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he, like, you almost feel like he's gonna really going to get fucked up. Mm-hmm. And they end up just making him take his clothes off. And well, they take it. They yank him. his clothes off. Yeah. yeah, they take his clothes from him and <sighs> even his underwear and make him like get into his. Well, they they put him in his own trunk. Yeah, the trunk of his car. Yeah, and I, then he has to call his wife, who he's like about to get a divorce from, to come get him out of the trunk yeah. while they're at their daughter's play at school. Yeah, I mean, at least like you know they let him keep his cell phone. <laughs> even though he's like butt ass naked and shit i don't yeah well the point wasn't to strand him the the point was to embarrass him yeah yeah um i did like so one one thing that, that seemed pretty cool i was really digging on was like the visuals of of um they were like subtle but they were kind of cool like they had this um the brothers safety brothers right Mm-hmm. Okay, I gotta. I keep forgetting it. The Safdie brothers, they kept doing this cool thing where, like, there would be a lot of scenes of, like, just chaotic nature and then, like, people, like, shouting over each other and, like, you know, Adam Sandler's character is trying to get this money. He's trying to get this rock that's supposedly worth, like, a million dollars. All this kind of stuff. But at times where, like, it was, like, calm and cool, they, they you got a sense of, like, this weird translucent lucid feeling because the music they were playing, it was almost putting like in a dreamlike state. No lie, the music that they played in the very beginning, like mm. after you see the workers in the mine, and then they start like going through the visuals and the rock. Yeah, was very neon demon to me. Yeah, definitely. But see, that's the thing. Hit like I, the those brothers, like they have they they're really good with colors like that, like in good times. But they're not as neon or as bright as. I was talking um, about the music though, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, well yeah. As I'm saying, like they're like their styles are kind of similar to um, what's that director's name? I'm Nicholas Winding Ref. Yeah, Nicholas whatever w- the fuck Winding his name is. Yeah, <laughs> like their styles are kind of similar. Like, but Nicholas Winding Refn is like a smoother neon, like kind of like trip out kind of deal, while the Safdie brothers are more like rough around the edges. So yeah, so like they'll make a. They'll make you relate to the situation at hand, but also may put a little artistic spin on it. Yeah, exactly. While, like, Nicholas, Nicholas Wonder will almost kind of bring you, like, almost to a different planet. But yeah. But it's still a relatable planet. Right. You know, almost alien-like. And the Safety Brothers are more grounded. So their styles are very similar, but there's, like, a... I don't know. I think the Safety Brothers are a bit more raw. 
Mm-hmm. Like you're in the, you're literally in the fucking filth with, it, with this character. Exactly. What did you think about that whole story between him and his family, and then him and his girlfriend? Oh, the girl, uh, Julia, right? Yeah. <laughs> I liked that. I thought that I thought the relationship to him and Julia was pretty fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought th- there's this really great part where, well, okay, there's this part where like he finds out that she's at this party. Um, and she's in the bathroom with The Weeknd, the mu- the musical artist known as The Weeknd. <laughs> which I was just like, why is this dude that has top bill? He's in the movie for like two minutes at most or something like that, which kind of bothered me, but yeah. whatever. Um, but like, Adam Sandler's character, Howard, like, sees his girl with his guy in the bathroom. And he's like, about to beat the shit out of The Weeknd. Like, he's about to fight him. And this is this is when he's like telling like they get thrown in the club and he's telling her fuck off you know leave me the fuck alone I want you to move out of my fucking apartment blah 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 all that kind of stuff, but she doesn't she doesn't like take the hint she doesn't take that message and run with it, and even to the point where like she she wants to make him feel better and she shows him a tattoo of his name on her ass. And I burst out laughing. That, that didn't happen at that point. No, but it happened like later on. But I'm just I'm just speaking until like the levels of like craziness this girl is, and yeah. the, like the com- the, well, the she, comedy like, that adds to it. Well, she blew the fuck up at him and was like trying to I don't know intimidate him into keeping her around. Yeah. And then she realized that wasn't gonna work. Yeah. So then she's like, "All right," she took her stuff out of the apartment. Uh-huh. That it was like a really mild like, "Okay, that's it. I'm gone." Yeah. And then she showed up to work, and she was very yeah. like, you know, everything is calm. Uh, I'm just working here, you know. It's not weird at all. Mm-hmm. And he's going having the worst day of his fucking life. And of course, she's like, "Oh my god, what happened to you?" And she's like, yeah. "I'm still here. I'm still look. I have a tattoo. Look." Yeah, and he's like, "Why'd you do that?" Uh. Yeah, <laughs> he sounded like Jerry Seinfeld when he was when he made that noise. I was like, "Holy shit." <laughs> And she's like dramatic as fuck too. Like when she leaves the apartment, when she finally takes her stuff out, I, I forgot what music. The first of all, the Safety Brothers have great taste in music, but like he, they're playing some music that I, I don't know, I don't remember what it, what it was called, but it was very dramatic. You know, it was it was it's, it was like fifties music. Yeah, it's a breakup song. It's essentially it's a breakup song, yeah. she, and it's like blaring. And then like it shows it shows how immature she was that he she left a letter saying like. I hope uh, you find what you're looking yeah. for. <laughs> it's such like some high school bullshit. <laughs> this like girl who's like, it seems like I have a mind of mentality of a teenager is dealing with this dude who's probably like pushing 55 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And just have like this dramatic thing. He's just like, whatever. Because <laughs> he's got he's got <laughs> issues to deal with, you know? Yeah. So that I mean I I actually I really like your character I really like that girl's character I think this is maybe like her second performance anywhere Oh wow Um but I can I really can't wait to see her like pop up somewhere else Yeah No Um What did you think about his whole family dynamic though Oh the family dynamic All right the family dynamic I can tell he really loves his 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 boys Mm-hmm. Um, he has an older. He has one son that's older. His oldest son. There's a connection between them two, and in re, uh, regarding basketball and even like making deals and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. the 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 oldest son even kind of like he's like, "Yo, Dad, I made this. I made this bet with this guy. I'm coming up on like fifty bucks and blah 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 blah." You know, and that's just kind of like 
That's just that's the way they connect. And even like his youngest son, he still like kind of connects with because he's like jokes with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. His daughter's his daughter's a teenage daughter. Like whatever, dad. Okay, bye. It seems like he doesn't understand women at all. Oh, oh, he is horrible at that. At all, he even is if it's his own daughter. Yeah, or his wife. Well, his wife. She is a very stereotypic, stereotypical Jewish wife. Yeah. Where. I don't know if it's real in real life or not, but mm. pretty loud, pretty like dramatic, mm-hmm. pretty, you know, putting him down all the time, mm-hmm. um, even to other people. She has no respect for anybody. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, he completely deserved it. <laughs> he did, but I wonder how much of it was her too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I would actually have liked if they kind of explored that a little bit more. Like, I'm sure him cheating on her, like, let's say with Julia wasn't the first time. Mm -hmm. But, like, what was, like, the breaking point? What was the point where she was, like, get the fuck out? You know? Yeah. So, I was, I'm curious. That's part I was really curious about. But they, unfortunately, didn't explore that. I'm curious about it, too. But I'm glad they didn't explore it. Okay. Because you get enough where you want to know more. Mm, But if you, if you're told more, then there's no imagination there. Yeah, yeah. But definitely, like, she's a fucking raging bitch (laughs) damn okay and he's lacking discipline and can't fucking handle his shit properly i'm so So. glad i'm so glad you said that because if i said that i would have been i would have been called a misogynist misogynist piece of shit well you are (laughs) no i'm just kidding (laughs) fuck i'm gonna be destroyed on facebook and twitter like no don't do that why not? Sounds fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, on your part. I'll be all of the fake accounts. <laughs> yeah, my job. Saying whatever the fuck I yeah, want. Yeah, my job. <laughs> uh, okay, so one thing I one thing I definitely want to discuss with you is like that ending. There's all this like chaos. Still, it's like it's almost nonstop. The the level of chaos, right? And you almost. You almost don't feel like a typical three-act structure. You're just like, oh, shit's getting worse. Oh, shit's getting worse. Oh, shit's getting worse. It's getting worse. Blah, blah, blah. And then where there's an opportunity where, like, Adam Sandler's... Adam Sandler's... I'm sorry. No, no, no. Before you go on, I'm going to say mm-hmm. there's not a typical three-act structure. It, it's a there. Mm-hmm. But I think you, if you don't know what to look for, mm-hmm. you're not going to find it. Mm-hmm. I think act one is the regular, you're getting to know him. Yeah. Act two doesn't kick off until he wins the bet, but then finds out oh, okay. they canceled the bet on him, Okay. which propels him mm-hmm. to keep going and try to further, like, make another fucking bet because now he's got to work even harder to make up what he fucking mm, lost. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because now I'm thinking about it. That I think the entry into the third act was when he makes the bet and Kevin Arnett is sitting across from him saying, like, you, like, pretty much sells him this rock that Kevin Arnett has, like, this connection with. He feels that it gives him, like, this juice he needs to play his best game. Oh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, sorry, Kevin Garnett. Thank you. And, like, that's when Adam Sandler, I mean, Howard, you know, his character, you know, he's, he could give the, his brother-in-law and the goons the money they've been asking for. But instead, he's like, no, I'm going to make this bet. I'm going to make a lot more money. And then it's like, boom, we kicked off the third act. 
Yeah. And oh my god, that third act is like, like, I thought, I thought the the the, the I thought the film was going like ninety. 90 and a 45. Yeah, I felt like the I thought the film was going 90 to 45. But that third act kicked in, it jumped to like 120 and a fucking 35. Yeah. Like just boom. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> uh yeah, so like he makes his bet, he has his girlfriend makes this big this this bet with the odds are against him. Mm-hmm. And like it's like this intense moment of like, oh shit, is he gonna win? Is he gonna get this money? And he does. He like wins. He wins his money. He's going to pay off the, his brother-in-law and the goons and then some. That he has trapped in his fucking... Yeah, that he, he has like trapped. A, a double door with like... You have to buzz uh, the in the door. first yeah. door. Yeah. And that door has to close before they can be buzzed into the second door. Yeah. So he gets... He like kind of like... Traps him in. He traps him in there. Like he's smarter than them for once. Yeah. And gets them trapped in there and... You know, his girlfriend's already, like, at the casino because he sent her on a helicopter ride. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they get, like, he he wins. Like, he like, He makes m- them watch the game with him yeah. through the, the glass, the that bulletproof is glass. fucking crazy. <laughs> Fuck. I didn't even think about that. Like, he made him, wa- he made him watch the game with him. That's he a- was. He was, like, holding the phone up, like, under the crack in the door so yeah. that his girlfriend could tell them how much money she bet yeah, and yeah. what she bet on. Yeah, exactly. And then he's, like, like he's watching it, and he's, like, euphoric and, like, really happy, and he's, like, trying to share it with anybody, so he's sharing it with them. Yeah. And they're just, like, what the fuck? And they're sweating. I think it's probably hot in there. Yeah. There's no air. And, like, the brother-in-law is just, like, all right, like, like him and the goons are like, okay, yeah, like you got your money. All right, cool, cool. So and then, the one guy looked like he was pissed the whole time. The dude and this dude pulls a gun and just blasts him in the face. And I remember, I think I, I think I leapt out of my seat, like went, oh fuck. And I think everybody in the theater were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that is not how anyone thought that was gonna go. I there were so many times that that could have happened. And it 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 had kept going that those that opportunity to, for that I'm just all over the place now about that scene. <laughs> there are so many opportunities for that to happen for the character to get shot to get hurt badly to die, and it happens so many times that you're just like, okay, it's not gonna happen. Like it's, look, like he's winning. Yeah. So he's gonna finally fucking win and pay them back. Yeah, and then boom, dead. And as <laughs> soon as you let yourself believe that he gets shot in the face yeah and by the ma- fucking angry i don't know if he was russian or whatever he was yeah and to make it even worse like they even they even shot his brother-in-law they yeah they shot his brother-in-law because his brother-in-law despite their differences actually does care for him yeah and he kept him like he because he gave him so many opportunities to be like give us the fucking money yeah and the goon was and just so like, he was like it. i'm gonna go and like help i want to help him i want to help him and they kept like pulling him back yeah so uh it was a great, great ending. That was a great ending, and you know what's you know what's funny? Like, I mean, this is the second time, but yeah, they make their endings are not fucking happy. Good no. time was not a fucking happy ending. No, nope, 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 nope. It was a man. That was a fucked up ending, but not like a fucked up ending. Like, oh, this makes you depressed. It's just like, damn, life's rough. Yeah, I was like, that's life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, like I. I absolutely love the movie. I, God, that's such a great. I don't know if I can watch it again. 
Maybe you probably have a heart attack. I know. Maybe I can watch it again. I don't know. I, I'm like I'm like you. Like I really like if I get if I feel this movie, I fucking I'm in it. I'm like my adrenaline goes, my heart's racing. Mm. I don't know if I can watch this again because this is so nerve wracking. <laughs> I probably would watch it again just to kind of see like get really into the artistic merit of. The film and try now to see. Now that you like, know the story, you can see other things that you might have been yeah, too just, involved in it to see. Yeah, and just kind of be like, you know, what's the relation to life and this and this and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, it's a great film. Great. What did you think? Did you love it? You loved it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got to talk about something else that we love. What's that? Um, We are going to do We Watch The Watchmen. I mean, that's the name of the segment. Yeah, we're going to do We Watch the Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. and it's The Watchmen. The Watchmen. Uh, episode 9. It's called See How They Fly. <laughs> Just like that, huh? See How They Fly. <laughs> oh, my God. Fly. Um, directed by Frederick E. Otoy. Uh, it's written by Nick Hughes and Damon Lindelof. Mm-hmm. Uh, Regina King as Angela Abar, Jean Smart as Laurie Blake, Hong Chow as Lady True, Don Johnson, Jen Crawford. Uh, you know, we got yeah, everybody yeah. that we've already said already. Yeah, yeah, we got and, you know, a plethora of other people. Don Johnson doesn't make a return, but you know, he he's with uh, he's with him in spirit. Yeah. In uh, Seventh Cavalry spirit. <laughs> yeah. Um how does it feel to be right? Uh, hold up. <laughs> All right. Feels great. Does feels it? fucking great. <laughs> feels awesome. I knew this was going to happen. Uh-huh. I knew it was going to happen. But granted, I'm not the only one who thought that, um, uh, well, if you're listening, just we're going to spoil the shit out of it. If, yeah. you have, if you haven't been spoiled already, I mean, it's all over fucking... <laughs> you got spoiled <laughs> twice yeah. before we watched it. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't even finished airing yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I, not the only one who who predicted that Angela Abar would somehow become Dr. Manhattan or have Dr. Manhattan's power, even though they left that ambiguous mm-hmm. at the end. I mean, I don't know. The writing's kind of on the wall Yeah. for this one. Uh, so, yeah, we get... I mean, we finally find out uh, we all the questions, all the fucking questions are answered, which, which is why this makes it such a perfect episode because mm. <laughs> all the questions were fucking answered. No, they weren't. Yeah, yeah. No, they weren't. Which one? Who's Lib Man? Petey. They didn't answer that one. It's on the website. On what website? The PDPD website that they advertise. Uh. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't answered in the show. It wasn't answered in the show. That's like that was like the I think that's like the one real burning question. But like I mean, <laughs> I mean, folks, this is like a show you have to get involved in. And if you check out the Pedipedia website, they 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 really allude to the fact that he is lewd man. Mm-hmm. It's like there. But so let let's so let's let's go. Let you want you want to just talk about like the big reveals. I'm gonna let you handle what we we talk about because you're you're so involved with this show. Like oh. I'm, I like the show a lot too, but I mm. think you're gonna be better at steering this one. Okay, so Seven Cavalry's 
plan has has come to fruition. They've gotten Doctor Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really. We found out what the batteries were for. Yeah, the yeah that's. A, I didn't even think about that question until they pointed it out. <laughs> yeah, the lithium batteries was was a cell created to keep Doctor Manhattan trapped mm-hmm. which and also confuse him so that he didn't even know what timeline he was actually in yes well not until later yeah yeah a very tearjerker moment exactly uh, uh yeah but seven cavalry reveal that like they're gonna take Doctor man's power uh senator king's gonna be the new doctor man and he even wears like the doctor manhattan underwear yeah at one point <laughs> angela what was it angela or, or oh it was Lori. Lori yeah, Blake, Lori. yeah. She was like, you look ridiculous in those underwear. No, she's going panties. Oh, yeah, panties. <laughs> it's so hilarious. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Seven Calvary, like, reveals their plan. They're going to take Dr. Manhattan and everything. And um, before we go that, I want to talk about the Adrian Veidt thing first. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. So, Adrian Veidt is the father of Lady True. Mm-hmm. Which, people speculated this, but the way how, they, the way how he is the father... Was fucking hilarious. Yeah, well, I think everyone kind of thought it would be the girl that he knocked up or something. Not, yeah, yeah, it was him, right? He no- he knocked up a girl over in. He, no, 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 no. Um, no, you're thinking of uh, the comedian. Oh, the comedian Edward Blake. Did. No, 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 Adrian Veidt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Adrian Veidt, uh, a maid had like found his semen stash and artificially inseminated herself, uh, herself, herself. <laughs> But I like the fact that, like, while she's doing this, she goes, fuck you, Adrian Veidt. Boom. And then, like, boom, pregnant. <laughs> so um, Lady True finds him when he's still in Karnak, his secret lair. And she reveals to him that, like, oh, I'm your... I, I, she doesn't reveal to him right off the bat that, like, I'm your daughter. But she says, like, you're the smartest man in the world. I'm the smartest woman in the world. Which kind of, like, could be giving you a hint already. Yeah. And she reveals to him, like, I'm your daughter. Can I borrow $47 billion to, you know, to become Dr. Manhattan? And I think it's really, I thought it was really dope how he pretty much is like, you didn't earn your intelligence. You stole it. And he says, uh, he, what did he say? Uh, no, no, he, he says something like, you will never be. Uh, oh, he says, number two, two, three, four, six, you'll never be my daughter. Yeah. Doesn't even acknowledge her as a person. Yep. Two, three, four, six. I'm like, damn, that is some fucked <laughs> well, up shit. that's how she introduced herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So she uh, had to be all dramatic. I am, you know, sample two, three, four, six. Yeah. I'm your daughter. And he's like, daughter. okay, two, three, four, six, go the fuck away. Yeah. Um, so Manhattan, so we find Manhattan again on the moon of one of the moons of Europa and the ship lands and it's Lady True. Mm-hmm. And I remember like before that ship came, I was like, oh, that's Lady True. Like she fucking found him mm-hmm. because the satellite that he, that saw him on one of the moons of Europa was a lady, was something that belonged from Lady True. Um, this caught me off guard. I did not expect this, but the fact that like. When he's in the ship, they have to, I guess, cryogenically freeze him, mm-hmm. and they cover him in this gold material, mm-hmm. and that's where you realize he's that statue. He's been there the whole fucking time. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, holy shit. <laughs> um, and she only unfroze him mm-hmm. when it was time to activate the Millennium Clock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things he said was the reason why he, the, Adrian Veidt didn't like her, didn't like Lady Drew 
to even call him father was like, you know, I inherit all my family's riches, but I gave it away. I wanted to prove that I can build myself from nothing to something. Then I know I could do anything. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, you haven't done that at all. So she actually did this because she wanted to build herself from nothing to something. And that's something would be Dr. Manhattan. That'd be an accomplishment that he would have never have reached. Mm-hmm. Which it would have been like a spit in his eye. But he didn't even want it. The Doctor Man- to be Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. No, he didn't. But like she would have, it would have definitely outdid him for any, all his accomplishments. Yeah. So, I had listened to an interview with Damon Lindelof. He said he got that idea from Saw Two. What? No, he said Saw Two. I think he actually meant Saw Three. Might have been Saw Two. Anyway, and one of the Saw movies, there's a character who you end up finding out was in, I'm sorry, there is a character that needs to be saved. And one character, well, to be more specific, um, this is a spoil, you guys, for like Saw movies if you ever saw him. Donnie Wahlberg is looking for his son. And Jigsaw tells him, if you want to find your son, just stay here and talk to me. And you will have your son unharmed. And Donnie Wahlberg just like, Ugh, he's so just so beat up by this. He's like, no, no, you're tricking me, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's later revealed that his son was in the room the entire time. He just, he just told him if you just wait. And there was like a timer. There was a, a, like a box next to him. Mm-hmm. If he had just stayed next to that box, he would have got his son back. But he never got his son. He ends up dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where Damon Lindelof said he got the idea from. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, that's cool. Because, you know, Dr. Man, uh, not Dr. Man, Agent Vite is was the gold statue of the whole... He was there the whole fucking time. Yeah. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Truly amazing. Um, I like how everyone came together. Mm-hmm. When Dr. Manhattan was in that cage. Yeah, we got Laurie Blake. We had... Uh, Angela Abar. Angela Abar. We had Looking Glass. We had Adrian Veidt show up again. I mm-hmm. Just to see... I mean, those aren't the same actors or anything, like from the Zack Snyder films or whatever, but just to see the characters in the same fucking room again. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I wanted... To, I couldn't wait to see that shit happen again. That was great. We were talking about... All the answered questions. Mm-hmm. Did you ever find out who Rorschach was? Why they put his name? Uh, yeah. Well, in the in the credits, they have a character. I forgot what the character's name, what the actor's name, but his name next to his character name is Rorschach. I was like, wait, what? And from my understanding, this is like through Reddit and stuff. It, it, it's because he this guy had a bit of dialogue, so they had to give him a name. He wore a Rorschach mask, so they just said, oh, that's why. That's dumb, though. I know, but at the same time, it kind of could have just said cavalry member. Yeah, cavalry member, like number four or something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, one thing I did really, really, really enjoy, and I don't know if you caught this, was when Doctor Manhattan teleports Laurie Blake, Looking Glass, and Adrian Veidt away to Karnak. Um, there, three of them kind of remembers the original Watchmen. Which was Adrian Veidt, Silk Spectre, and Rorschach. But this time we got Adrian Veidt, uh, Laurie Blake, who was Silk Spectre, and we had a Rorschach type character who was Looking Glass. Mm-hmm. People have seen like a lot of comparisons between Rorschach and Looking Glass, so they're saying that like, I mean, from my view, I was just like, oh, cool. It's like we kind of got the Watchmen back together. And he wore a mask too, even though it was shiny. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, what happens is that Lady True. 
ends up not getting the, the power to be Dr. Man. Oh, okay, actually, let's, let's rewind. That scene between Dr. Manhattan and Angela Abar, that shit was so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Manhattan, is he teleports, the, you know, the three away, keeps Angela Abar. She's like, why did you keep me here? And he says, because I don't want to die alone. Mm-hmm. Which is very telling because in... When in he, his last moments, his humanity comes back to him. Yeah, his humanity comes back to him. But also, when he when he was John Osterman, and he was becoming Dr. Manhattan, his girlfriend at the time would not be there to see him go. He was like, don't leave me. Yeah. But she left. And now he's like, no, I don't want to die. Like, I don't want to die alone. And he says, like, she she's like, oh. She she asks him like where are you because you know how his time his his uh, what's it called his perception of time is different from ours. She's like where are you where are you like right now? He says I'm in every moment we were together all at once. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that is some that is some Lindelof shit. He writes shit like that, and I was just <laughs> like oh my god, don't go. And he goes ah! <laughs> so heartbroken. What'd you think about this episode? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect episode? Perfect. Oh, wait, hold up. Did you just say perfect? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'm not even mad that they're not going to come out with a second season. They shouldn't. Because they wrapped it up so perfectly. They shouldn't. And they, and, oh, so well, let's, let's, I, I want to, I want to see if, I want to talk about the discussion between Angela Abar and her father, Will Reeves, Mm -hmm. about certain things he said. And if I was wondering if you caught them and the meanings behind them, he says, um, you know, he's asking her, like, did you take my pill? She's like, yes. Mm -hmm. So she felt his pain when when he had the mask put on. Yeah. And he tells her, um, if I remember correctly, he says, she goes, you can't heal with a mask on. Mm-hmm. And he says, wounds need air. Yeah. What do you think that meant? Uh, that she shouldn't wear a mask. Okay. <laughs> That's it? I mean... Like, do you have any, like, do you, do you think there was a deeper meaning? Or do you see the deeper meaning behind it? Not really. I mean, it, he, it seems like he learned his lesson from his own past. Mm-hmm. It seems like she came out of wearing, uh, taking his pills, and she did not put that her own mask back on again anyway. Okay. Well, because I think she already kind of got it. Yeah. I, so my take from it was he was, you know, he was speaking obviously in a, in a metaphorical sense. Yeah. You know, she has this persona of being like this badass character, but she's really hurting. And he's like pretty much telling her, like, like don't do that. You need to heal. Because you have so much anger. She has a ton of, she had a ton of anger. Mm-hmm. That's why she put on that mask. And she like, you know, Lori Blake said a couple episodes back, you know, here people wear masks to cover up the pain. And she goes, I don't, she goes, I, Angela says back to Lori, I wear a mask to protect myself. And she goes, yeah, from the pain. Mm-hmm. So it's like when Will Reed is talking to her and saying, you can't wear a mask. You can't heal and wear a mask. He's like telling her, like, you have to heal, girl. Like, you need your wounds to, you need air for them to breathe. It's like keeping yourself bottled up inside. It's not gonna, it's not gonna help you at all. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a very touching moment. It was. I mean, there was nothing to really get. Oh. Uh, I mean, 
he was telling her she needed to heal. Mm. So there was nothing really about the mask in the air for the wound that was any extra special than he said it and it made sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, they eventually end up back home. You know, she tells, she tells her uh, Will, her grandpa, like, you can stay for a couple of days. And they have a little bit of dialogue, which is the last dialogue in the movie, I mean, the sh- in the show, where he says, um, you know, Dr. Manhattan, I mean, hit him, he's referring to Dr. Manhattan, he goes, he was a good man, but he could have done better. Or he could have done more. Yeah. He said with all, all that he could do, yeah, he could have done more. Yeah, and that's, that's, I think that's really something. That's like, that's like saying... Because there are people who are like, uh, and Lady True has said this, like, oh, if I have the power, uh, Lady True and Senator Keeney was like, if I have this power, I would do this, this, and this, and this, and everything. And it kind of points to the idea of like, would you really do that? Like, if you have the power of God, would you be able to be a God? This is what I think. Okay. This whole time, Dr. Manhattan Mm -hmm. is afraid he's lost his humanity. Okay. Okay. And in his final moments... He doesn't do as much as he could. I mean, leading up to that, mm-hmm. he didn't. But then also, in that final moment, in those well, when he got like taken with the cannon and teleported, mm-hmm. he didn't do as much as he could have done. Mm-hmm. And for how much they play with him being a god, mm-hmm. that is a very human thing. Ah, uh, okay. Right? Yeah. And so when her grandfather says he was a good man, really he's saying he wasn't a god. He was a man. Yeah. And for all that he could have done, he and all that he's was capable of, he could have done more. Mm-hmm. Like that's very that's very human. Yeah, you know what? And I'll I'll even add to that. Add to what you're saying. Um, when we get an idea of of John Osterman growing up. He's kind of given the idea of like legacy when he meets that couple who's just like, you know, creating life is a very beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And he does try to create life, but it's not the life he really wanted to create. Like, it, it wasn't his ideal. Right. You know, like he created. Uh, he created it artificially, not out of love, but out of curiosity. Yeah. And they did. They, and they worship him as a god. But he was like, I don't really worship. I just want to be loved. That's where he meets Angela Abar. That's where that love and that legacy comes because during that 10 years when he was Cal, he helped raise those kids. Those kids will always remember him. Mm-hmm. He's left like a lasting impression on them. And if I feel that like not only that, he wants to pass his legacy on to Angela, which goes into the, goes into the ending mm-hmm. where he comes with the whole egg thing. You know, I can pass my powers off to somebody who's, more, who's willing to accept them, enter the egg. So Angela finds this, she remembers this, and she takes the Well, first her grandfather says, Cal wanted me to tell you that you can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs. Yeah. And and she's like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. She's already kind of out of her mind. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck? Yeah. He's like, I don't don't know. He said, when it's time, you'll, you know, you'll figure it out. She's like, well, I don't understand it. He's like, then I guess it's not time. Yeah. I thought, I thought that line was great. (laughs) I can figure it out. This is not time. Like that's (laughs) simple. That is a straight, simple answer. Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes home and she's cleaning and she's picking up the eggs that she threw on the ground. Yeah. And there's one egg that's not broken. Mm -hmm. And it's implied that like, okay. It's implied that Dr. Manhattan maybe have 
in, had put his powers in those eggs. But I'll go a step further and say that he has put those powers in his eggs, but it was only, it would only affect somebody who actually figured it out. And that's someone who's willing to accept the legacy of Dr. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. But he knew that she would figure it out. Because remember there's that part in the previous episode where he's walking on the water? Mm-hmm. And he's like... Remember this. This is very important. Very important. She's like, yes, I see you walking on water. Yeah, yeah. Let's get out of here. So, yeah. And she grabs the egg and she goes outside and she, like, cracks it and eats the egg. And there's this moment where, like, she takes off her shoes. She, like, rolls up her pants. And she, like, she, like, leans her foot in. And you just see the camera shot of, like, the foot about to touch the water and then, like, cut to black. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes. (laughs) Yes. Let's end it like that. Cut. I thought it would it would have looked ridiculous if she was walking on the water, but I thought it was so perfect how they were just like boom, cut the black. Mm-hmm. Let let your mind wander and think about it. I mean, he can only be so corny, right? He already got that one line in about you know Doctor Manhattan being in all the moments he was with Angela Abar all at once. <sighs> only someone like him could write such a corny uh, fucking line. That was not no, cool. listen. Okay, okay. Only someone like him could mm. write such a corny line mm-hmm. and it would not be corny at all okay god okay i'm sorry You're sorry trying to take my credit away from me i was trying to take your credit i'll put the def- i'm def- i'm gonna defend that line to the death because i'm just like oh oh my god like i couldn't write that line and you'd be like okay then yeah, you're you right, trying to write the fucking notebook yeah again. you can you could totally write that line <laughs> I, I so believe in you you could totally write mm. that line you can write you can write a line better than that i'll write it i'll write it I'll steal it. <laughs> okay. well, I'll just write it. You'll like, write and steal it for yourself? Yeah, I'm going to write the same exact thing. <laughs> You're right. I came up with this shit. Yeah, people are going to be like, that's what I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it cuts the black and it's left with this ambiguous ending. Even though um, I believe a producer has actually said that, yeah, we revealed the ending like before the show even started. And he's referring to the poster or the picture of angela abar in front of the 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 clock the doomsday clock she's wearing her sister uh sister night outfit but she has like this blue glow mm-hmm. and people assume like oh it's like the moonlight or whatever right but when it's revealed that cal is dr mahan they're like oh it's dr mahan's reflection like her light is like reflecting off her now people are speculating like no that's her glow she has the power of dr man people are now saying that mm-hmm. well the producer said like yeah that's that's what we meant yeah, but Damon Lindelof is just like no, like I really wanted. I had an ambiguous ending because I want to continue. I want you to have a discussion about it, and he sees this as not as a cliffhanger. Even though you and I and other people would see it as a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. like holy shit, no, he sees it as like the end. Yeah, it you it is the end, and this is like talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. God, it's a great show, man. <laughs> holy shit, I've actually seen like a couple people like review and say like. It's war. It's bad. It's horrible. Someone called like this show like, oh, this episode was a hate crime. What? Yeah, I was just like, fucking stupid. Anyway, so, oh, and we gotta. I gotta mention. Um, what's the name of that song? Claire the, de Lune. Claire de Lune. Oh, you pointed that out to to me too. You're like, oh, it's your favorite song. It is because every time like you listen to that, like it's fucking. The weekend. <laughs> you you don't listen to the weekend, but other people mm. listen to the weekend, so that's why I said that. I don't get it. You will you, you will listen to songs that are not of the norm. 
Oh, okay. Like, it's a current song on the radio that everyone listens oh, to. Oh, okay. Because it's so... Well, yeah, but like this but, song And you so have listened beautiful. to this one before. Yeah. And it's come up, especially when you're like not feeling your best and you get emotional like and you mm. have like a bad day yeah i remember one time where you were listening to that song like on repeat and you were ta- like texting me about it it's a beautiful song it's a great song it's a beautiful song um yeah and like that- it, it makes you feel wistful i think it does so like especially if you're not feeling good and I, I think i've listened to it too a couple times for that same reason yeah and like it it kind of puts a weird spin on the end. Not a weird spin like uh, like it's creepy, mm. but it it's the end of the show, and there's this wistful song playing with all this chaos. Yeah, it's and it's it's almost like you're being taken. Now it's like you've jumped in. You've been brought into the story. Now you're being you're gently being taken away. Like that's the end of the story. Let's move on to something else. Yeah. And Lindelof has said that, like, if they do a second season, I don't see why they would follow this story. They should do it something like it could, it should be a create something part. brand new, yeah, some, in the same universe, same universe, maybe even a, some of the characters or something like that. But, like, you know, do it like how the Watchmen, like, Watchmen had the comic book, and then we jumped into Tulsa and we did this, and then we got like little bits of like how the events of Watchmen affected these people. So maybe these we characters. could be in Vietnam next time and know. What happened when the United States took that over Mm -hmm. and why Vietnam is so important to this story? Yeah, you know, and like, is Vietnam going to be liberated because Dr. Manhattan is no longer around? What's happened to Adrian Veidt? Because now Adrian Veidt is going to be taken in for his crimes of killing three million people. Mm -hmm. You know, like, maybe mention that in passing, but don't focus on that if the second season comes around. I have a weird parallel that I just now thought of. What's that? So remember what happened in Tulsa with uh, Black Wall Street? Mm-hmm. And then that's how the show starts. Okay. And how does it end? Oh, it kind of does. It ends with a lot of bodies all over the place. Yes. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And it's like in the name of... Saving the world? Saving the world or making things good and making things right. You know, like yeah, yeah. I but I think this is a little bit more. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit more in a for a good cause. Like Agent Veidt says, like I saved the world. All second thought. Yeah, it doesn't matter though, because they thought they were saving the world or whatever they were mm, doing. That's true. That's true. And it doesn't matter. Like you can't just kill people because it's gonna make the world a better place. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he's doing he's doing the same thing for a different reason. Well, I mean, you know annihilating the seven cavalry that's a great thing yeah <laughs> i gotta mention that i had to mention that oh just yeah dead races yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah like um like how you know this show wistfully took us away from the uh the stories of these characters through uh what's it called claire de lune mm-hmm. um we're going to have this be a uh, segment end in a wistful way, wistful way mm-hmm. with Claire de Lune.
with that, we are actually going to talk about our geriatric cinematic review. Um, we're going to have a lot to talk about with this one as well. Um, and we did After Hours. Why don't you just go home? I've been asking myself that one all night long. So what happened? Why can't you? I met this girl tonight, okay, in a coffee shop. I feel like something incredible is really going to happen here. <laughs> so when I got home, I gave her a call. On the cab on the way down here, all my money flew out the window. I didn't really get along with her that well. What's the matter? I said, I want to see a plaster of Paris bagel and cream cheese paperweight. Now cough it up. So I left. Yeah. So I haven't got enough money to get home until I meet this bartender who wanted to lend me the money. That's all right. That's all right. Forget it. Forget it. That's all right. Good boy. So I go back to the girl's apartment, but her roommate's really pissed off at me for the way I treated her friend. This the guy? Hi. So I march right in there to apologize. Come on. But she'd already killed herself. I was too late. Oh, wow. Lighten up. What is this? All right. I know, I know. It's another Martin Scorsese film. <laughs> um... The synopsis is uh, an ordinary word processor, not a computer, but a person, because people actually did word processing back in the day. Mm. So this is not Wally the prequel? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an ordinary word processor had has the worst night of his life after he agrees to visit a girl in Soho who he met that evening at a coffee shop. Of course, we've been through Martin Scorsese's stuff like three times already, mm-hmm. but he's best known for taxi driver Hugo Mean Streets. Mm-hmm. Written by Joseph Minion, he's best known for Vampire's Kiss. That's, that's what's his name? Nicholas Cage's first starring role. Was it? Yeah, he eats a cockroach in that movie. Ew. <laughs> Stars Griffin Dunn as Paul Hackett. Rosanna Arquette, is she related to... Patricia Arquette? Yeah, and the other guy. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Rosanna Arquette is the oldest sister. Oh. Uh, she plays Marcy, Verna Bloom as June, Tommy Chong as Pepe, mm. um, and then Linda Fiorentino as Kiki. Oh, you, Cheech, Mar- uh, Cheech Marin was in here, too. Yeah, it's right there. He's at the bottom. Cheech Marin is, he as, plays, Neil. as Neil. Neil. Yep. And then John Hurd as Tom the Bartender. Before we start, there's not one, but two people from Home Alone. Yeah. In this movie. <laughs> I remember you pointed that out. You were like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> we saw her and you're like, there's something about her. That's what, that's, that's Verona, Verona Bloom, right? Uh, Verna Bloom? Verna Bloom? Yeah. I think that's so. Verona. I'm probably that wrong anyways the mom from home alone plays one of the girls that he talks to one of the women that he talks to in the movie yeah um and then we've got uh was john hurd Catherine o'hara that's her name sorry oh uh john hurd is he the the dad you said yeah tom the bartender yeah, yeah that's the dad from home alone yeah so uh I okay, so we were debating on what film to watch with. Um, uncut gems. Uncut gems. Yeah, because we were kind of going off of like somebody having like the worst day of their life. Yeah, and you were like, "Oh, let's do um, Clerks." 
Yeah, I wanted to do Clerks because that's a movie I've been meaning to show you for a while. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite Kevin Smith film. I thought it, I think it's it's I thought it would have been perfect against Uncut Gems because Uncut Gems is more serious and Clerks is a bit more of a comedy. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's like it just recently got inducted into like uh, like. The, the Congressional li- Library? Yeah, the Congressional Library. And it has it kick-started Kevin Smith's career. It was there during the big indie movement. I was like, yeah, we should definitely watch it. And I remember, what, what did you say about Clerks? It's bro-dog-ish. It's very, bro-dog, it's very 90s bro-dog-ish. It's like it doesn't match very well with Uncut Gems, I don't think. Yeah, and um, you, you, get, you made a good argument for After Hours. And I've never seen After Hours. I'm like I love a good Scorsese film, but this is one that I completely missed. Yeah, and honestly, I'm so glad you picked it because this yeah. was like damn good movie to watch. Well, from the trailer, I really thought it was just gonna be like he's just having a really bad night, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like I'm like okay, I'm there for the drama. Yeah, and it seems a little chaotic. So cool, let's watch this one with uncut gems. And little did we know. <laughs> It was actually a dark comedy. <laughs> it was so messed up. Yeah, like this dude, uh, Griffin Dune, plays Paul. He like meets Marce- uh, Rosanna Arquette's character Marcy in a diner, and you know they sh- he gets her number, and he's thinking he wants to like meet up with her like late at like ar- around like eleven o'clock at night. He, he might- didn't even think that at first. He was just like, "Let me try this phone number." Yeah, and, and see then what's she up. just like. Oh, come over. And he's like, oh, what? Yeah, yeah. And then I guess he thought, like, okay, cool. I'm, like, going to get late. And it just goes downhill. It just goes all bad for him. Yeah. And not in a very, like, slapstick comedy way, but I'm really kind of like, holy shit, this dude might die. <laughs> um, Marcy, from the very beginning, mm. like, uh, not in the beginning in the in the coffee shop, but... From when he sees her again, that whole interaction is weird mm. because she's with her friend or whatever. Like mm. He shows up and the friend is there. She's a sculptor and Marcy's not there. Yeah. Like, where did she go? Yeah. And she's like, I, I thought this was really funny. Like, uh, the character Kiki, she like ended up telling her, telling uh, Paul that, oh, she had to go to the hospital. No, she had to go to the drugstore to get medicine. And I can already kind of see in his head, like... Does she have like an STD or something? Yeah, and he's like, is she okay? And she's like, yeah, she's fine. Why wouldn't she be okay? Yeah. And then she's like, I'm tired. Can you give me a massage? Or no, he's like, do you want a massage? And she's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It gets weirdly intimate. Yeah, it seems like he. It seems like Paul completely, completely forgot about Marcy and was like, oh, I'm going to sleep with this girl Kiki instead. Yeah. And she ended up like falling asleep on him. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. He was telling her this story about how... He got his tonsils removed or something when he was a kid. Yeah, that was a really weird story. And they didn't have any room for him to recover in pediatrics, so they put him in the burn ward. And they told him he had to wear a blindfold all the time. Yeah, to and not see it? Not No, he. they didn't tell him why. Oh, okay. That part they didn't told him that if you take your blindfolds off, we'll have to redo the procedure. So, uh, he, so I think he said that he... He ended up taking off the blindfold one time. Yeah, and he sees like all the like these burn victims and yeah. shit like that. And, like, it, it traumatized him. So Marcy comes back, and she's like, "I'm gonna take a shower," and he sees burn medication in her bag. 
Okay, go on. I, I just I just realized something, but please go on. Um, so she comes out of the shower or whatever, and she's doing this weird thing where she's like talking about like she just wants to talk, and she just seems like she's kind of distraught over something, but she doesn't want to say what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's go out for coffee. It just goes downhill from there, and he ends up, like, losing his keys and all kinds of stuff, and he ends up back at the apartment, like, two or three times, and then, like, Marcy killed herself. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah, he, like, comes, like, yeah, he, like, he he says he wasn't feeling it, so he ended up becoming, like, this dick to her, and... I didn't even think it was that rude. He was coming off as kind of hard. Like he was. Oh like, yeah, I know. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, he like leaves, and then he feels bad. He feels bad for what happened, so he goes back, and like, uh, Kiki's like tied up. <sighs> okay, so Kiki's tied up, right? And there had he already knows by this point there are robberies going on in the neighborhood. Yeah, so Kiki's tied up. And, like, they don't really say why she's tied up. You just love to assume that she got tied up by her boyfriend. I guess? That it was that one guy who showed up. Mm-hmm. And Kiki's like, yeah, you, like, my friend's pretty bothered by, like, what happened or whatever. So he goes there to apologize. And she's fucking dead. Yeah. She took sleeping pills. And, like, she was kind of distraught anyway. She's, like, talking about, like, she was married to this guy and that... She might have been like she might have gotten into a fight with like her gay friend or something like that, mm-hmm. who's later to be, to be revealed like her boyfriend. Yeah. And one thing I noticed that I don't know if you did. She she went to the she went to the um what's it called the pharmaceutical to get like a burn cream. Uh huh. But there were no burns on her body. No, but there was someone in another room. Who? I thought there was someone in another room. No. There was a door that was closed, and they, like, it was like they were playing tricks with the cameras, or you're like, oh, who's in that room? No, it was just her. It was just her and Kiki. And, like, that was it. Oh. Yeah, but, like, and I remember she kept saying, like, he kept asking, like, who's Frank? And I don't remember if that was on the, I think that was on the medicine. Hmm. But, like, who, uh, it wasn't, was it, was it the bartender? The bartender's name was Tom. Tom, yeah. So who's the, like, like, they're like, who's Frank? And yeah. they never reveal who the fuck Frank is. She said that's her husband and he lives in Turkey. He had to go to Turkey. Oh, okay. Remember? I must have missed that. Okay. But, okay. Because he still. asked her like two or three times and she kept avoiding oh, it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. That's this, when she started crying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. This movie is kind of weird like that. It's like doing like these weird kind of like turns, turns like left and right and everything. And at one point, like, he like freaks out. He runs away. He's trying to like get out of town. He's trying to get home. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get home. Which uh, he's in Soho and he lives in the West Side. And I read that someone mapped out his travel time. Mm-hmm. If he left on foot, he would have walked for like an hour and a half. Yeah, that would have been it. <laughs> he made it seem like he was on like on a fucking island. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he like befriends his bartender and Tom the bartender. He finds out Tom the bartender was Kiki's uh, boyfriend, mm-hmm. and he's trying to like get away from him. So he gets to um, like the waitress who quit her job. Mm-hmm. He goes to her place because uh, she's like, "Oh, come up for a drink, whatever." But he's not really feeling her, and he's kind of being because she's really weird. She was really fucking weird. Uh, but he's like being rude to her and shit, and he's like, 
fuck it. Like, I'm, like he takes off. He's like, I'm not doing this shit anymore. Mm-hmm. And I remember she, her saying, you'll pay for this. And I was like, oh, that's going to come back in a bit bad way. Mm-hmm. And it does. Because she's putting around posters of his face saying, like, this is the robber. Well, no, I just remembered something. Uh-huh. What was her other job? She was a uh, she was an artist. No. What was her other job? I know she was a waitress. She worked at a she made photocopies. Okay. So she took her drawing, and she went downstairs because she lived on top of her job. Oh. And made photocopies. Yeah, see, I, that, that part was like, how she came up with all those copies? Yeah, she made photocopies. Just, just to fuck this guy over, she made photocopies and was like, beware, this is the robber. Yeah. And people saw this and just chased it at. It was so fucking wrong. And this dude is like constantly running. He's like, people are trying to kill me. I'm trying to get out of this town. He's, and he's like, yo, he's hitting up anybody. Like, can I just sleep on your couch, man? And they're just like, no no like he even like approaches this one guy who this guy thinks he's a gay prostitute mm-hmm. and he's like i never done this with a guy blah 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 blah. and he paul ends up at this guy's apartment tells him his story and the guy's like well why don't you just go call the police he called the police and the he calls nine one and nine one's like buddy go get some sleep yeah <laughs> It's so fucked up. He was like, my God. I think he was in hell. I think he was like in a, some type of hell. So what, what happened? Because I don't remember. Mm. What happened to get that one comment about I'm going to get blamed for this too? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Woo. All right. So he's running, he's running from... He's running from this neighborhood that's chasing after the thing. He's the robber. He he gets into a not a scaffolding, a fire escape. He climbs up a fire escape and he's like hiding. And he looks across an alley. Wait, which which a couple of times he's actually looked into another window and he sees something he shouldn't have seen. Uh-huh. Like at one point he saw people having sex and he's just like, okay. Yeah. So he looks into like this apartment and there's a couple fighting and all of a sudden you hear screaming and then gunshots. And, oh, and you see it though. Yeah, you actually see it. Like the wife, this woman kills, I guess, her husband or something. He looks at it and he goes, I'm probably gonna get blamed for that. And I <laughs> burst out laughing. It was so good. Cause I was like, you probably would get blamed for that. It was so fucking good. That had to be improvised. It had to be improvised. I don't know. That was great. Um I was wondering too because I th- I could have sw- I remember he was sitting on Marcy's bed. Mm-hmm. I remember he saw those two people having sex. Yeah, but I I kept getting it confused with the woman shooting the guy. Oh okay. So I wasn't sure when that happened, but yeah, that makes that is when that happened. Yeah, and then he he gets to this punk rock club where Kiki's at, where he's trying to like it's Mohawk night. Yeah, it's Mohawk <laughs> night. Um, they end up like. Cutting, they end up trying to cut his hair. They cut yeah. a patch off, and he like gets away. Eventually, he ends up back at that place where he thinks for contemporary Ki- art night. <laughs> yeah, thinking like Kiki's gonna be there, and it gets okay. This way gets it continues to get weird. The mob is still chasing after him, and he like he pretty much like bears his soul to this woman who's just like, I need help. I need a place to sleep. She's an older lady. Yeah, an older lady. And then he ends up saying something like, can you just dance with me, please? Because I need some type of, like, stability or calmness or something. And there's, like, this really tender moment where, like, 
he looks like shit. His suit's all dirty. He's like he's got a five o'clock shadow. He looks his bags under his eyes. He has bags underneath his eyes, and like they're dancing, and then <clears throat> the mob is outside. They see him, and he like convinces her to take him downstairs to she, her apartment. Yeah, to her apartment. And then it gets, then like she puts him. I think that's really interesting because there was this whole cast. What's the, what's the that type of uh, that type of art that the girl was doing? Like the paper, oh, paper mache. Paris of plaster. Yeah, pl- yeah. I'm sorry, plaster of Paris. Yeah, yeah. He she ends up like this old lady, older lady, like does the same type of art and like covers him up with that so that the crowd comes downstairs and doesn't notice him. And, like, she takes him, and he's like, okay, oh, can, can you get me out of here? And she goes... Well, because they've left now, and he's like, okay, it's safe. Yeah. And the old lady's like, no. Like, I need to, I need to finish up, you know. And what? So it's like she's keeping him hostage now. Like, she's going to keep him forever. Yeah, yeah. And then here we come, here he comes in Cheech and Chung. <laughs> and they fucking, like... They, they're the robbers. Yeah. This entire time, they're the robbers. I mean, they, they're, like, hinting that they're the robbers, but it comes from, like, yeah, they're the robbers. And they, they come down through a fucking manhole cover. I thought that was funny. That was really funny. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Anyway, so wait. Let's finish because I'm having like thoughts about like what the movie is trying to say. Yeah. Um. They. They steal. They steal him because uh, Chief Marin characters Neil had something similar. He was like, "Oh, this is art." Mm-hmm. And they they take they take him, put him in the back of the van. They drive off. And as they're driving through town and everything, they hit a curve. They hit a corner. He gets thrown out. The, he's broken out of the plaster. And it's right in front of his job. <laughs> the next day, like, all right, time to go yeah. work. Yeah, as soon as it's like, okay, I got to walk into work and start working now. It's time <laughs> yeah. for work. Yeah, and that's like where the movie ends. And I was just like, wow, man, that fucking sucks. I feel so bad <laughs> for that guy. I would just called in sick. I'm like, I'm going home, guys. Bye. <laughs> um. So I don't know. It seems like well, seems, he couldn't go home. He didn't have his keys. Oh, oh, that's right. The bartender still has his fucking keys. Yep. Damn. Um. So I don't know. It seems like he was he was kind of going through certain levels of hell. It seems like that. Why do you think that Marcy had that big old bloody scratch on the inside of her thigh? And then the next time you see her thigh, uh-huh. when he's like fucking creepy and. Peeking a look at her when she's dead. Yeah, it's a, it's tattoo. a tattoo of a skull on like a rose or something. Yeah, that was weird. I don't understand that. That I mean, that skull is in relation to like you know that's how. But the bartender re- had a skull too. Yeah, maybe maybe she was actually obsessed with the bartender. I'm thinking it was a little supernatural. Really? Like, um, well, maybe that kind of leads into like the whole he's descending into hell kind of thing. Maybe because. There's no reason for the whole community be, to be acting like that. Yeah. It seems like everything's uh, centered around her. Mm-hmm. So things will change in the moment. Mm. Um, so there's the tattoo. But even the diner guy knew her. And yeah. it was almost like he had affection for her. Like even maybe they were together at one point. Yeah. So like with the scratches on her thigh, she's talking about a time where someone came up the fire escape and raped her uh-huh. she had those scratches on her leg yeah the next time he sees her is after he's already met the bartender and she's dead and she's got a tattoo there now yeah that's what maybe he's maybe it was something he was imagining maybe um have you noticed that like every woman he meets his 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 turmoil progressively gets worse 
Yeah. Like, he meets Marcy and it's kind of like innocent, whatever. But when he meets Linda, uh, actually, you know what? When he meets Marcy, it's not okay. I mean, he thinks it's okay, but he loses that $20. And then he goes into, uh, he meets, what's the girl, Kiki? Mm-hmm. His shirt gets dirty. He has to change his shirt. And then he meets uh, Marcy again. That's when it. That's when it escalates. She dies. Maybe it's uh, with every woman he meets, and he's trying to find some something with them. Mm-hmm. He's actually losing himself bit by bit with every woman he meets. Yeah, that's true. Because like when he met the 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 what's the bartender's name? Not the bartender. Tom. No, not the bartender. The um, June uh, Verna Verna Bloom June. Mm-hmm. Um, it. He had something kind of going on, but he was starting to lose more of himself. And, of course, I ended up biting him in the ass. And then when he meets Catherine O'Hara, that's when it gets uh, infinitely worse. Because she's pretty much leading the charge of this mob chasing. I I, I thought this part was brilliant, but, like, she had a fucking ice cream truck. And when you hear the ice cream truck, it's like, oh, shit, terror is around the corner. (laughs) I thought that was brilliant. Um, So... To kind of like give the real sense of paranoia from Griffin Dune, uh, Scorsese had actually asked uh, the actor to refrain from having sex and sleeping during uh, filming in order to give a real realistic feeling of paranoia. Oh yeah, they did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here's the thing. I had read somewhere that like the ending was way different. That it would have gotten really fucking crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, what had happened was, like, the older woman that he met, um, it would have turned into, like, him crawling into her vagina. Hmm. And then him coming out, like, her him, her taking him to where he lived, to, uh, what's it called? To the West End. Uh-huh. And then him coming out, and then him essentially, her essentially giving birth to him uh-huh. to come out. But it's from IMDb, so I don't know how, like, credible that is. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, very weird. But I did see, um, I guess he couldn't figure out the ending. Uh So he asked Brian De Palma, Steven Spielberg, and Terry Gilliam to watch it so they could give their opinion on how it should end. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really mind. I I think the ending was good. I thought it was, I actually, I thought it was really funny how the movie started with him leaving work and the movie ends with him going back to work after that horrible night. Yeah. So I thought that, I thought the ending was fine. I thought it worked out well. I think so too. Yeah. Any more thoughts on after hours? Uh, watch it. Watch it. Love it. You know, it's not as good as what's the one we did with knives out. Oh, death trap. Yeah. It's not as good as that, but it's up there. Yeah. It's still a good watch. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Um, we have to do our shout out for Lee mm-hmm. for the intro and outro, you know, that he did. And because he's so cool. Super cool. <laughs> um, next week. Ooh. <laughs> next week, we're doing. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, yay. If you Star guys Wars. have been uh, keeping track, we've been releasing a bonus uh, episode the past couple of weeks. Uh, part one was uh, Phantom Menace, uh, New Hope, and Force Awakens. These are the Star Wars specials leading up to The Rise of Skywalker. And our recent one was 
Attack of the Clones, Empire Strikes Back, and Last oh. Jedi. Yep. So for next week, we we are going to combine the those the special and a regular episode where we will discuss um, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, and we'll give our full review of uh, Rise the Rise of Skywalker. And the episode will be eight hours long. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yo, still not enough time. Still not enough time. <laughs> It'll be mostly Mark crying after yeah. watching the movie. <laughs> <So beautiful. laughs> I I I I think I'm going to I think I'm gonna take off I think I'm gonna uninstall Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram off of my phone. So, so you I, don't get tempted to look at your phone while yeah, you're watching the movie? Be, because there the premiere is already happening, has already happened as this recording. So and I'm hearing rumors that people are purposely spoiling the Rise of Skywalker. Shit. Yo, if I get if I get spoiled, I don't care who it is, I'm going to punch them. You know, there needs to be like an embargo for spoilers like that where people who intentionally do that shit after uh, they've seen it and it hasn't released yet, mm-hmm. you get your ass fucking sued. Yeah, or something like that. I mean, I'm fortunate enough to actually be checking out the Rise of Skywalker um, before it releases. Before it's actually released, um uh, you know, get to take my daughter to go see it. I'm just really excited to show her that movie. <laughs> and she's like, Daddy, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm like, go to the bathroom. Go. Yeah. yeah. You can go by yourself. No one yeah. will take you. No one will steal your beautiful face. You're old enough. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's that's what you guys can expect from us next week. We're gonna just be talking about Star Wars up the wazoo. Yeah. Yas. Anything uh, else? Cowbell? Nope. Um you know, I'll let you do your usual annoying thing. What, saying bye to everybody? Yeah. Why, why can't you say bye too? Because I don't, I'm not like that. It's like getting a hug from someone you don't like getting hugs from people. <gasps> you don't like getting a hug from me? You're not people. Oh. I, I don't know if I'm offended or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a human. I am alive. I have feelings. <laughs> anyway, speaking of feelings, bye everybody. We love you.